0: Welcome to the Find Your Fortitude podcast with your host, Mark Jansen. Whether it's changing your mindset, strengthening your body, or filling your life with inspiration, this is the podcast for you. Join Mark for exclusive stories and interviews with incredible guests, helpful advice on how to continue to grow and develop yourself, and words of positivity and encouragement on the Find Your Fortitude podcast. What does finding your fortitude mean to you? Welcome to Find Your Fortitude with a very special guest. I consider her a good friend. One of my personal favorites, Marie Rhoda.
1: Aw, thanks, Mark.
0: Marie, thank you for joining me tonight.
1: Thank you for putting up the last 45 minutes of me trying to find my headphones, so... (laughs)
0: Well, we got the headphones, and it was nice catching up. Um, And we were kind of talking about everything we were going to talk about. But to start off, Marie, I met Marie on a show, which we're not talking about, but... um, I think we got. To, I I enjoyed you in the house. I I want to I want to do say this about the house though, so people understand our relationship, um, especially since we're gonna be talking about feelings and emotions. <laughs> I I enjoyed you so much in the house because you were somebody though. Even though you did get emotional at times, like you could you could be straight up and be honest and be like, Mark, shut the fuck up, or but like I could take it like I and I was fine with it. Like you could literally like be screaming at me and then like thirty minutes later like. We're smiling, messing around. <laughs> so like you're somebody who, even though, because every, everybody has emotions and some people are more emotional, but you, I think you can switch out of an emotion quickly, which is impressive, but we'll get into that more. But that's why I loved you so much in the house. So you I mean want to put that up there.
1: Huh?
0: <laughs> you mean no. color. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're upset about something, you don't let it ruin your day. You could.
1: No, well, I ruin other people's <laughs> day. And that's the problem with me. So.
0: And um, you're self-aware.
1: I'm very self-aware. Yes. Okay.
0: So. so, um, well, let's just jump in. So I, with this, with the podcast being, um, find your fortitude, what is, and you can really jump in anywhere. Cause like I said, I want to learn more about Marie, the person off screen, like yeah. stuff she's been through. What's, what's shaped your life? What has shifted your perspective on things and talk about the self awareness and the emotional. So let's just yeah. jump in.
1: All right, cool. Um, I mean, with all of this like corona stuff and the lockdown, um, I've unfortunately had a lot more time than I was hoping to have to really you know, think about everything and sure. for a very, very long time. And when I tell you, I have been trying to write this probably for about 10 years now. Um, I've been trying to essentially write like a self-help book, um, not for anybody else, but mostly myself. Because um, I figured if I actually put it down in words, Perhaps I will hold myself accountable. That being said, I've written a lot of paragraphs and it's become mostly a bit of a diary. Um,
0: but I think it's powerful to write your feelings out. I think that's a good first step.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, finding my fortitude, from what I understand, it's like finding your strength. Yes. Um, and for me personally, that comes from my own personal success and failures.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and there has been a lot of times, and we'll talk about them shortly in my life, that I could have 100% handled differently, um, including reality TV and other stuff like that.
0: <laughs> we all but, could have.
1: But as a person and as someone you know that considers herself very courageous, um, I think it's really, really important to be able to take experiences and lessons that you've learned and, and implement them into something else.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know? So for me, um, my mother said to me when I was looking for a job way long ago, um, in college was that find a career that you love because essentially you're going to be married to it for the rest of your life. Right. So this whole concept about my book started with the idea that, you know, what does happiness mean to me? You know, we're all in this pursuit of happiness, but we don't necessarily always define it. So right. for me, you know, I've been my happiest when I've been both successful in work. Mm-hmm. And somehow also successful, you know, in a relationship.
0: When you've had a good balance.
1: Yeah. It, it's very interesting that it's when I'm like, you know, unemployed and, and batshit crazy, for lack of a better word, um, that I'm also single.
0: So, But because the, I do read a lot of self-help books, self-growth books, and there's a lot to like having a balance of order and chaos. Yeah. So when there's no order, it's just like it's just pure chaos and it's just continuously is chaotic
1: exactly so i started writing a book about like the pursuit of you know finding a man and also finding a career and they're very very much the same right so first and foremost you have to hold yourself accountable right so if you're looking for a career or for a job for instance um i personally am terrible at traveling i'm always late right so i know that about myself so when i'm looking for a job i shouldn't be looking at jobs that will you know take me about an hour to get there by train or something like that. Right. Similar, it's relationships. Long distance isn't going to work for me.
0: Long you distance know? is tough.
1: Yeah. So you really have to kind of set aside like what you're good at and what you're bad at. And right. once you kind of like start learning that, you're able to really kind of focus you know, wherever you're trying to focus in a way that's actually productive versus continuously seeing failures and so on.
0: Now, have you always looked at things like this like you are you understand your your weaknesses? Like, have you always, you've always been like that.
1: I, I 100% understand my weaknesses. Um, unfortunately for myself, I am quite emotional. Um, but as I, you know, grow up and start adulting, um, especially now more than ever, I'm, I'm trying to really fine tune, you know, having feelings and having emotions, but also recognizing that other people have feelings and emotions. So for instance, right, my favorite song um for a little while when I was growing up with this song, and it's like, um, I believe the world revol- the world revolves around me, right? Yes. And very much so, I think that's true for everybody because only you can live your own life, right? right. But that doesn't change the fact that in this big universe that we live in, everybody else is also living their own lives. Mm-hmm. So there's perceptions and there's opinions and there's different agendas. And if right. you can be aware of those on the outside of yourself and handle yourself in a way that, you know, acknowledges that and, you know, counter your reactions or your, the way that you communicate, you're much better off. And for me, you know, I find myself the happiest when I handle a situation that I know, regardless of what happened or transpired, I handle it to the best of my ability. Right. You know, so for instance, if for some reason they were in the wrong, it will show. But there's a very good chance that if I went about the right way the first time, I wouldn't be in that position.
0: OK, yes. And this kind of like leads into like we'll talk more about it, but like emotions and feelings. And I'm curious because I say I lack like I'm, I just lack empathy, which I'm working on. And I'm, it's not an excuse, but just everything I've been through in my life like I've taken the high road and, and made it like positive, like lo- like losing my mom and then just losing other people in my life. And just like through a weight loss journey, I've lost like I always used to think people had victim mode when they were emotional. But as I'm realizing, it's not that they have victim mode. It's they just are emotional people who don't necessarily address their feelings in the best way. So that's why I have a lack of empathy. So do you, what caused you to be emotional? Is there, was there anything in your life or growing up or has, I'm just curious, like. Did, I mean, where
1: do we start, Mark, deep I do
0: Was it like um, a bad relationship, a bad breakup?
1: I mean, listen, I can, I can go on and make a ton of excuses, right? Like my parents right. got divorced. I went through bad breakups. I had terrible experiences in my career. Right. You know, at the end of the day, I think that, like you said, you know, but I, you know, I lack empathy or something like that. All of our problems, no matter who we are, come back to us. No, i I'm always the problem.
0: I so, love that. Yeah. And have, have you always accepted that?
1: Um, accepted it? Yes. <laughs> um, put it into motion, not so much. Uh, I was talking to my friend the other day, actually, and I was just in hysterics. I mean, this whole situation and, you know, losing my job recently and stuff like that, because of COVID and being let, like let go. I, I was very, very, very emotional. And of course, you know, people are going to come and say everyone's going through it, but it's like giving advice, right? Great at giving advice. Terrible at taking my own. Absolutely. So I was saying me, to, my, crying to my friend, yeah, I was crying to my friend. And I was just like, you know, I feel like the universe is working against me. And she was like, give me an example. So for real, When I was in college, um, it was about sophomore year that I decided to get my shit together, Um, I made an appointment with my college advisor. I went out the night before obviously, slipped my finger open um, and go in to meet my college advisor. So I go in there, I'm waiting, I'm waiting and I hear my name being called and I'm looking around and like I can't see who it is. My college advisor was blind. And that's nothing against blind people at all, because I'll tell you where, like, this actually really comes into play. Right. But, like, this is the metaphor of my life. Like. Right. My, my, my guardian angel is probably some kind of, like, gimp somewhere that's, like, on drugs. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, I know where, like, I should be and stuff like that. And I, when I was speaking to my friend, I almost, you know, made it seem like you know that was to blame and this is to blame and all that stuff but it's funny cuz i actually ended up taking that that professor's class the following semester because i was like oh this is going to be easy you know just, she can't see my grades you know when she was my advisor i sat down with her and i she couldn't see the screen so i literally lied about every grade that i had that's not helping me
0: you know what that I'm seems saying? like the most unhealthy like just very unhealthy yeah,
1: yeah. Like, talk about a no like, judgment zone, you would think that she would be the woman to speak to, you know
0: what Right, I'm saying? but you still relied in that judgment-free zone.
1: Yeah, so then, you know, I, you know, I took her class thinking it would be, like, really simple, and it's true what they say about someone who has, you know, a missing sense that all of their other senses are heightened. Like, I would walk into the room, and she would immediately be like, oh, hi, Marie. So that was, like, the one class in college that I never, ever missed. And because of her and because of, like, you know, someone finally holding me accountable, whether for good or bad, um, I, that's the reason why I got an internship on Capitol Hill from her recommendation. So it's like everything, like that's everything awesome. has their ups and downs, you know. So, Wait, so
0: but you but so the universe was out to get you, it was universe out, to help is
1: not you. out to get me. Yeah. And what did okay. I do? I lied about my grades, but the universe what? was still there for me. You know, so it's really about, you know, just taking the situation like I had to show up for that class, fortunately for myself. Yeah. If I took it with somebody else, who knows where I'd be right now. Right. So that's kind of like the start of all of it. And I tried to make it like a little bit of a joke, but I guess you didn't laugh that much. So moving forward.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, because you lied about your grades, your advisor who was blind. Yeah,
1: I did that. I what actually, is- wrote, I wrote her an email recently, like, reaching out. She also did a, She wrote a uh, self-help book, which yeah. I have purchased. Um, it's not necessarily, she didn't write it, but she found, like, a bunch of quotes and stuff. Um, and they're really kind of inspirational. So, I, like, I reached out to her and I was honestly honest. Um, but I mm-hmm. turned it into a positive because.
0: So, that was, was that the first time you told her that you lied to her? Of course. Okay. So, do yeah. you read self-help books? Are you into them? Um
1: i purchased a couple, to be honest with you, but the only I believe that the only one that could really help myself is myself. Right. You know, so it's really about, you know, she said there's there's this quote that John Mayer said where you know there's like a 64 crayon box, right? And there's like a 10 pack or 64 or like a 120, you know? And everyone sees like 64 pack as kind of being a little bit crazy or like sharp or something like that, you know? Like that's who I am. But if you're able to choose your color for the day you're able to kind of take advantage of the multiple options that you have.
0: So you choose different colors throughout the week?
1: I mean, there are, well, she does literally, but like for me personally, I can either choose to handle a situation with anger. Right. Or, you know, with red or with like a lavender, something light.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So are you getting better at it currently?
1: I believe so. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I went on a podcast last week with this show called After Buzz, and I was a little bit tipsy. And that is also a problem of mine. I need to lay off the sauce when I want to be accountable and also professional. So.
0: (laughs) I hear that um, alcohol impairs judgment, but so they say.
1: So they say. I bet it does.
0: So, like, for me, like... The whole feelings and emotion thing came to me because of the situation, because I'm so open-minded. So when I'm not handling, like, something right, or if I'm like, damn, Mark, why did I get triggered so easily? I'm like, well, I- I'd like to ask why. Like, that's what I've just been doing a lot lately, just asking why. So that's how, like, the whole feelings and emotions thing came to me was because somebody was getting emotional instead of just addressing their feelings. Well, here's so the thing. For me, I don't like, – That's how, like, me – Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, so like just me being triggered and I guess like, as you would say, using my, using a red color instead of like, I've been using all these happy yellow colors, very like mellow, but I'm like, this just triggered me. And instead of just accepting, okay, this just triggers me. I kind of like got to the root of it, like for me. And like, so I could address those situations differently with different colors moving forward.
1: Yeah. I don't think that feelings exist without emotions. But I do think there's something to be said about how you communicate them,
0: right? See, I, I for, all I ask is that you tell me your feelings before we get to the emotions.
1: That's quite hard. It's quite hard.
0: <laughs> for wait, do you think it's hard for you or hard for people in general?
1: I think it's hard for everybody. You know, like, there's a ton, of, you have to remember that, like, everyone has something going on, and you don't know, like, what they were up to that day, or what their breaking point is, or what they've been through. Right. You know, for me, like you said before, like, I, I'm very capable of, like, changing a mood from, like, psycho to just, like, laughing. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> Wait, okay, <laughs> I have to bring this in, so in case people don't know, and I, I may risk Marie walking off the set, <laughs> but, so we did a podcast together with another person. And Marie literally, within like a two minute span, was good with the conversation. Then got mad, got off of the podcast, hung up, and then called back in. So you changed. So you you went through all the colors quickly. You didn't yeah. just stay pissed off.
1: Yeah, but i mean, that was to- kind of a different of a case.
0: I would say. How so?
1: Because it's back to the point where you know there is other people in this world, and there's different opinions. You know, if I ask someone that I think is a good friend of mine, you know, like I'm a very, very loyal person. No, I'm serious, though. Regardless, if someone genuinely like you just said before, like you want someone to explain their emotions to
0: you. If
1: I I told you that something hurt my feelings, regardless if you thought it was something that was serious or not, you should accept that.
0: Well, let's get into this more, though, without because I know where you're headed with this. So I kind of want to stay on it because it's very interesting. So and I'm, I am I want to hear your take because I think I think we're similar. I think we both have good hearts, but I think we're very different, like emotional and feelings. But I think but I I do think we're similar and kind of like have like the same kind of like morals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, if I like you. If like we're friends or whatever, and I say something to hurt your feelings, and I'm not, this isn't has this has nothing to do with what we've right. been through on the show or anything, because I'm curious, because I've been kind of talking this about people. So if I'm your friend and like we're friends, I w- I'm hoping you know that I will never say anything to intentionally hurt you. But of if course. I but if I do, just instead of getting upset and assuming I said something to hurt your feelings, just tell me, hey Mark, that hurt my feelings, so mm-hmm. that I can. Give me the chance to explain. Yeah. And then if I explain, for me, I just want to move on. But if you're still hurt about what I initially said because you mistook mistook it even after I explained it, mm-hmm. then I just like kind of like check out. Yeah. Now is that fair, or should I give people more leeway?
1: No, no. I think that's completely fair. I just think that if you're talking in terms of my situation, that
0: you no, might... no, not. It wasn't your situation.
1: No, I, I think it's completely fair. I think that. Listen. If they tell you their side of the story and they communicate to you that they are upset about it or something like that, for me, if I'm a friend of someone and I care about that person's feelings, yeah. I'm going to stop doing that. Right. Because See. they asked me to. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really what it is. It comes down to a uh, respect level sometimes. You know, do I care if this person's hurt or not? So it's really about not just in particular that person's feelings, but yours as well. And you get more sugar with candy. I've learned. Trust me.
0: Like, <laughs> you do absolutely. I should not know because I love my sugar, love my candy.
1: Yeah, I bet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, but I'm very in- intrigued with the emotional side. So, how do you? How have you been able to control your emotions? Oh,
1: how have I not been able to control them? Is probably the better question. <laughs>
0: But you're working on controlling them, right? I
1: am working on controlling them because there's been a lot of situations in my life that I look back on yeah. um, that I would do differently. However, if I did them differently then, um, I wouldn't know what I'd know now. I'd probably be way more successful, mind you. But, I mean, that's the learning. That's what learning is, right? Life is. I love
0: that outlook. Is. I completely agree. You have to go through the mis- – you have to make the mistakes. You have to, like, just yeah. straight up. For yourself. You, just have, you have to fuck up to learn. Yeah. Yep. regardless of what people tell you if I don't I truly believe if you don't go through it yourself you'll never understand it yeah so, so is there like something is there like a moment you'd like to share where you kind of like wish you would have handled it differently or you it was like a wake up for you like damn whether it's like in the business world or or just like at school yeah. or in a relationship where you're like wow Marie I can't keep doing this
1: okay well let me tell you a story and then you kind of give me your take on it okay Absolutely. so um, I didn't so when I graduated school I had a political science degree I interned on Capitol Hill um, and I very much quickly learned that I wanted nothing to do with politics you know I got into it because I thought it was very clicky and like I was like I could be popular and like all of this stuff right but listen there's there's two types of people on Capitol Hill actually really probably one you know people that take themselves and life way too seriously mm-hmm and then them also not making that much money. So for me, it's like, like pick a struggle. Like, do I want to be poor or serious? You know, Right. that's when I realized politics weren't for me. The only people making money there were either like the lawyers or the actual representatives. Um, so then it kind of stepped back and I was like, okay, well, I got into this because I like talking to people, you know, so what else could I do? So that's when I was like, ding, ding, sales. Like I wasn't going back to school because <laughs> didn't love school to begin with. Right. Um, you got both. Yeah, but I knew there was an opportunity for sales. So um, after that, I went and I got my license for real estate. My dad, mind you, is um, a real estate broker. He owned real estate offices on the island, had many connections. But of course, me being me um, was like, F -F that, you know. And I went to the city and I tried to do my own thing. Failed completely on my face, spending more money than I had. And all I wanted to do was get out of my parents' house. Okay. Yeah. So then I stumbled across on St. Patrick's Day um, the audition for the real world. Okay. So went in there, um, the rest is history. Um, so I did that, and then right after that, I also did the challenge. So when I did the challenge, no one had actually seen my season yet. It didn't air. I didn't even see it yet. Right. Um, so I came back from the challenge and my and my season was airing. And then there was just a lot of backlash. Nothing really prepares you for social media. Not at all. At all. Um, especially if you're not secure in who you are or where you are in the world, it's something that could really be detrimental to somebody. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, um, you know, I'm not a reality star. You know, I'm just a star. So I googled. Um, I knew I wanted to work in New York City, so I googled best places to work in New York, and I found a company called Zocdoc. Uh, so Zocdoc Doc, Doc is a really huge company. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I'm not going to uh-uh. pitch them because they could. But, <laughs> um, but um, I was the first person there to actually get hired who wasn't from an Ivy League school.
0: Whoa, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I I mean I lied my entire interview, but you wow. know like, but there was stuff that was like, you know, what do you see being your biggest objection working here? Mind you, it's in the middle of Soho in New York City, and I was like, um walking past Zara and not going in, they're like, "Yep, you're a psycho. Like you're high.
0: (laughs) So like lying like that.
1: No, not lying. Like just exaggerating. Like you have, you have to build a resume around what you're trying to do. Right. Right. So for instance, I was in a sorority, you know, talking about like, if you're going for a job that's recruiting or calling, like that's a great thing to kind of fit in there because one, you're personable, you might've done it with your sorority. You know, if you're sports, you're competitive, you know, there's all these different things that you can really build upon and and build a good enough story for yourself uh, to make them believe that you're going to be good for the job, no matter what it is. Right. So got the job. Star there, um, was one of the top reps, even though I didn't have the best territory. And it was
0: so sales.
1: Yeah. The guy didn't, we were doing, um, cold calling. So essentially you're just calling doctors all day and trying to set a meeting for someone more senior to go in and then close. Right. Uh, I essentially graduated out of that. But mind you, okay. I don't want to seem like a super, super femme because I feel like it can kind of be taken the wrong way sometimes. Like, all I've ever like, I don't want to put I don't want to bring my tits out in a deli. You know, like, I'm not that kind of feminist. But what I do really want is equal opportunity. You know, like, I want the ability to just be on the same level playing field. And what I found, especially in tech startups in New York City, that just wasn't the case. Um, so then from there I went to inside sales and I had like a shit ass territory. Um, and then somebody quit on the New York city outside sales team and everyone on the New York city outside sales team had like the best numbers because it was the best territory. You know, all the doctors were familiar with us. So one day, you know, I saw the manager come through, I put my headset down I walked up to him and I said, Hey, like, I'd really love to, you know, try for the outside sales position. And my inside sales guy was not very happy about it. Um, but eventually right. got the opportunity to do so. Okay. And having the experience that I did working inside, knowing how to prospect and, and do things great, instead of these people who were working outside and really walking door to door every day, I was way more productive because I was able to then set my meetings like I was trained to do, right. but then go in and build a rapport face to face and close them. Right. So I like very, very quickly became number one. When I tell you I was so passionate about this company that I could close doctors in my sleep. I recruited more people to this company than the entire recruiting team. You know, they, again, were looking for these Ivy League people. And I said, sales isn't about that. Right. Sales is about, you know, your drive and your personality. And, you know, that's it. Like, go, in, go into the closest CUNY or SUNY, you know, and find the loudest guy at the frat house who tells the best stories. Like, that's who I want to recruit. I can right. tell a salesperson from across the bar, I swear to God, I've done it many of times. Am I you one? Know? Uh, A little bit, yeah.
0: You're just being nice, aren't you?
1: No, no. I think that you have potential. I think that you would be your own worst enemy because you, while you might not think so, are also emotional and that you have a big heart. And I don't think that you necessarily have that, like, like,
0: killer. Well, you think I'd get hurt by rejection or I wouldn't be able to, like, keep pushing when people say no?
1: I don't think that you would be hurt by rejection. Um, I think that... It would definitely get you down and you definitely feel defeated. But sometimes, like, you got to be annoying. Yeah, I for that... one am an annoying person. You know, I know that about myself.
0: You are I, see for you and not to cut off your story because I want you to get back to it. But when I when we spoke about like your sales after the show, like you for me, like you just like flipped a different switch. And the way you were speaking about it and your knowledge on it and just like how you spoke about it, I'm like, wow, you're great. <laughs> Thank and you. And I did not get that vibe. At all. Salesman, because, but I don't know if salesman did, but it was just like a different side that I saw from you on from the shows.
1: Yeah. For, I mean, for sure. I mean, I listen, it. like at the end of the day, you have to find something that you're passionate about, especially right. in sales. Like, I recommend that all the time. And I also recommend that if you're looking to get into sales, there is a website called angellist.com. Um, and you go there and you put up your resume. Um, you know, and they can recruit you or you can reach out to them depending on the job post But it really gives you a breakdown about the company so if you're selling something right like You, you can tell that's why every that's why car salesmen have such like a car salesman you know, Reputation right because it's it's, it's kind of like realtors That's why I was terrible at real estate because I couldn't sit in a dirty ass apartment and be like this is the one for you
0: Right, you know, yeah, and be-
1: really mean it but when you believe in what you're doing it changes your entire pitch It's not a sale as much as it is like an inspiration.
0: Okay. And so so, so be, before I cut you off, so you were you were doing really good with the outside sales.
1: Oh no, no. I was doing the best. I was the number one in the company.
0: Number one. Okay. Yes.
1: I recruited a, a, I recruited probably over 30 people to Doc. Doc three of them including former um, reality people that I met. So I recruited Jemmy, I recruited Devin, uh, Simone, And I also recruited um, Naomi from Real World Las Vegas. Okay. Because if you can get through an interview like that for the stuff that we've gotten through, there's something special about you. I mean, there's something special about everyone, but with sales, you know, you can't teach sales. I can teach you what to do and I could teach you, you know, what the formulation is, but you have to take that and you have to make that into your own. Like that's why I consider myself very much like more of a creative. I love creating. Whether it's like story or a different concept into how to prospect or, you know, pitch like that's what that's what like really fuels me and gets me excited. So I was there for about four years. um, And my last year there, I I won three out of four quarters. Wow. Yeah. However, I also had the most accounts closed in the entire company. That specific year. Um, I had an issue with my manager because when you have territories often like you're not supposed to go out of them That's the whole point of territories, right? The person that was kind of you know on my back or like very close to beating me was getting handed deals for my manager And I brought it up and it became a whole big circus and the only one that really got Punished by it was me. They moved me to inside sales Um, They let me keep my territory, but they moved me inside now when I moved inside not only did I continue to hit my numbers but also the entire team around me all of our numbers went up because i love mentoring people it's something that i never had
0: you are you are good at it
1: and for me like if someone could look back and say that like i helped them or remember that i was the person that helped them do that and trust me there is more than enough people out there i would i know it sounds kind of cocky but i'm confident in that um, that means something to me more so than I believe just my it, yeah. name. Um, especially because listen, my dad said it best one time, like, because I was like shooting for after I I'll tell you the end of the story and I leave, um, I was shooting for jobs just solely based on money. I was like, I have to, cause I was making about 200 K, um, at ZocDoc my last year doing,
0: yeah.
1: doing nothing, like doing something I love doing something like that was just so simple to me. But for right. me, you know, what happened was I told you about that thing with the manager and, and so on and all of the way that I was treated and stuff like that. Um, And then from there, they moved me inside and we had something called President's Club. So that's something that's really common in a lot of sales orgs
0: um,
1: where like your number one reps will be awarded for something. Um, For us um, to get into President's Club, you had to close 12 doctors a month. Now, on average, outside of that one month that I had that particular manager who was, you know, feeding deals and I had to deal with all this chaos and being upset about all this stuff. Um, I closed less than 12 doctors. I might have closed like 10 or 11. Right. Typically, I was closing about 20 doctors a month. Wow. Yeah. So at at the end of the year, I had over 30 more closed accounts than the guy who was being handed deals in my own territory.
0: And they okay. punish you for it.
1: And they changed the rules on me. The following year previously, it was about who had the most accounts. Because if you're rep of the year, it should be who has the most accounts. Right. Who has the most closes this year? However, it was changed to who made president's club the most. Wow. Yeah. So because of my one month that I didn't make the club when I have all the evidence and stuff that, you know, would attest to the fact that like I was going through it there, you know, moving, moving inside and all this other stuff, they didn't give me rep of the year. I had the most accounts. You know i had three out of four awards for it already and i went there and i tried to sit down with them because for me it was really all like all you had to do was give me a gold star you know like i'm like that type of person like i love the recognition because i work hard for it you know it's something that like i love and i love compliments like kill me you know what i'm saying everybody does so i went in there and i said to them listen i said i don't know what's going on and i don't think it's fair um but the least you can do is make it a tie You know, give him the Rolex, give him the extra stock, whatever. I don't care. All I want to do is be able to put this on my resume. Right. You know, be able to go home and tell my parents that I was rep of the year. Yeah. And the, you know, the situation came around and they announced rep of the year and I didn't get it. So I walked out. I had my third quarter trophy with me because they were late, that thing. Um, and I threw it in the garbage and I walked away from it.
0: So you and, quit right after that.
1: Yeah. And they brought me in and they tried to talk to me about it. And there was a guy who was actually my mentor. He was the guy that won the year before. Um, and he really wanted to go to upper management and stuff like that. But again, he kind of hit the glass ceiling there a little bit differently than me to say the least. Right. Um, so he chose to kind of move on. He's extremely successful now. But when I went in to meet with them, um, you know, they kind of used him cause he was at that time, you know, just starting up and not nearly making as much money. And they are just like, you know, Marie, um, you know, you see what Tommy's going through. That, that was his name. Um, you know, and you know, how well is he doing? Like, you know, how much does he love his job? And I was like, I don't know how much he loves his job, but I was like, but I know that I respect him, you know? And at that point, like I cut ties and I walked away and I went through it because you know, when you're working in an environment that you're around people that like love to do, like we would, we would be selling Zocdoc when we were out at the bar. It's like we just like we moved in like groups. Like it was like a cult culture. You know, we right. were all obsessed with this like idea of this platform. Um, and my boyfriend at the time was still working there, so it caused like a huge rift between us. He also lived with the guy that was the sense who stole, you know. Wow,
0: ad- that's boyfriend. just like a big.
1: Yeah. And, and he, even the kid told me straight up, you know, eventually that like I completely deserved it. So now in this case, right. How does one control their emotions and their feelings when something is unfair?
0: That, I mean, that's so tough.
1: Here's my biggest takeaway from that ladies and gentlemen, especially ladies. Yes. Um, it's hard. It is a hard pill to swallow. Um, But if you are a woman in the workplace or a minority or something that, you know, isn't the normal like frat boy um, and you love your job and you're making a lot of money, put your head down. And it, it really makes me upset to even have to say that, you know, because I don't I don't think it's fair at all. But like I wished, you know, after I went and like I was going to get, I was getting all these new jobs and having to be trained and then see all of my friends that were always together that I was hanging out with, you know, still talk about the company and stuff like that. Like for a long time that I wish that like, I just, when so, like if your core values are speak up and you're a woman, it's speak up if spoken to. So.
0: See, that's tough. So you left the company.
1: I left the company. I went to well, I went to a few other companies. One of which was actually um, I got recruited right out of Zocdoc, really, for a company that was a similar concept, but kind of you know built upon it. So I wasn't selling against Zocdoc. I was actually selling like with Zocdoc.
0: Right. So
1: that was beautiful for me because I had so many connections in New York and stuff that like I like off the bat, number one performer like right away.
0: Right.
1: Um, and then I had recruited my friend in. and um, He went on the inside. And there's something called Salesforce. I don't know if you're familiar with how it works. No. Um, well, Salesforce is a way to designate leads and kind of, you know, oversee like what everything's doing. It's a, a CRM system. And basically, I, because, you know, they were a new company, they didn't really have any kind of leads in the Salesforce. Leads are, you know, where you take your notes and like the doctor's information, and all that stuff. Um, so I had asked my friend to send me over the leads from DocDoc of all the people that were in my territory. Right. And they did so. So what I did then is I took all of those leads, and I took all of their emails, and I, you know I, I put the one email and then blind CC'd everybody else, and wrote them an email being like, um, like the subject was like your former ZocDoc rep, you know, and then just being like, listen, a lot of the doctors that we previously worked with are now working with us here, da da da, da. and wouldn't you know, the next day a ton of leads come in, yeah, from my territory. That if you look at the emails that I gave you as well as the actual zip codes and where they are, they're in my territory. They were going inside to the guy that I had recruited in. Really? Yeah. And when I said something about it, I was called into the office on a Friday and they fired me.
0: Because you said something. Yep. Even though you're the one that got all the leads.
1: Yes. And it's funny because I went and I visited that that friends um department not not too long after and while he was playing on his fucking video games i went to something that was called hip chat and hip like an internal communication thing where everyone can like talk you know right and while he was doing that i was copying his entire conversation between him the vp and my manager at the time and i sent it from his email uh, to myself and you know i actually then i deleted it out of his email Um, But in that hip chat, they're literally talking about me and saying, like, I can't believe she gave it up so easy. Like, I didn't think that she was going to give it up. It was hers. Like That kind of stuff. I went to a lawyer. I spoke with a lawyer. But then I didn't want to be a rat. I didn't want to get blackmailed.
0: Just to give what up so easily? Your position?
1: No. Give up my fight about the fact that they weren't, like, were my doctors. Okay. So I went to the lawyer, he was ready to take it pro bono because it was so clearly like just a ridiculous situation.
0: Right. And
1: I said, no, because I didn't want to get blackmailed. And guess what? I got blackmailed anyway. Another lesson for you ladies. So like, I've been through it. You know, I've, I've gone to a lot of companies. I've had this situation in more than one. Um, and I don't, I don't know, like, you know, I look back on those situations and I think about how could I have communicated more? I could have a hundred percent put my head down. I could have, you know, shut up about stuff, but then there's the feelings. Then there's my heart, you know, then there's what is right and what is wrong.
0: Right. No, that's very tough. And that's, I can't relate to that at all. I've never been through that. I've never really been in the corporate world and I'm somebody who I do speak up if I feel things are not really right in the work atmosphere, but I'm also not a woman in the work environment. So that's, honestly crazy so how like how do you move from that like how do you like can like how do you get how do you gain fortitude through that because that like that's for me it's like in the business world like that sounds like traumatizing
1: oh yeah and it happened multiple times multiple times like
0: Like, not only are you
1: one after the other. Not the only la- are
0: you doing good at your job, like you're the best. And oh, you're I'm the best.
1: punished. I then, yeah, I then went to a company um, where they finally gave me my, chan- my chance, although I was really hoping for to be- become a manager because I wanted to get that next title on my resume. Right. And, w- and wouldn't you know, with only two fucking people, I was the number one manager of my first month and the number one manager in the company of my entire first quarter. But I the I did. Th- yeah. But I did things differently because of the way that I think, you know, I know how to be creative in terms of prospecting and leveraging emails and all this other stuff. Um, but they were very set in their ways about, you know, going strong and knocking on doors and like pushing themselves through the, the door, which is fine. I like that, too. I wanted to be trained on that, too. You know, there, there's something to be said about uh, old school sales. Right. But if I can mix that with what I know about like the Internet and all this other stuff and I can clearly perform, what's the issue? And in that case, that time, um, they actually told my team to stop speaking to me. And unlike other times where I have kind of let people win, I showed up every day when I was supposed to show up, nobody would speak to me, and I would just sit there and I would listen to everything. Mind you, I'm a manager at this point. Um, And from there, they actually offered me a settlement because I think that they knew they were wrong, they offered me um, 30k. And at the time, I was just like, yeah, like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Right. But looking back, they offered me that money because they knew they were in the wrong. But See, again, would I have taken that moment to sue them or not? Like, there, there's just so many things that I think goes into people's experiences, and their feelings and the way they handle things that, of course, like, I wish I could have been more professional. But at what point, is like your emotion allowed
0: well see that's tough because i don't even know where to go from it because i'm like i have no idea how like you would even handle that because it's just like the like it just sounds like you did everything right and then you just got like cut off at the knees because you were a woman
1: or that they were threatened by me
0: right because i I was gonna i was gonna come to that because you not only are you a woman and you're successful at what you're doing you have like a big strong personality where you want to just keep going higher and higher and higher and that could definitely like intimidate higher positions
1: yeah i like to be challenged
0: which should scare people
1: (laughs) it definitely does um but that being said um through all those experiences you know because i'm a creative i've always had like a million different like entrepreneurial ideas i i emailed like sean rad off a cold call i mean off of like a cold email i tried his emailing like a million different variations. I pitched him on stuff. Like I was really moving and grooving, but I didn't know how to start a business. Um, So that's when I, find like the challenge was calling me every single year, every single show to go back on because I was a psycho. (laughs) You're great TV. Yeah, I'm great TV. Um, Because I was, yeah, or honest or whoever I I like to like kind of put it. Um, And that's when I accepted my call finally, because I, I was just so defeated in that moment. Um, and for me, it was kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. Why don't I go and, you know, try to get a following or, you know, use that platform.
0: Quick, wait, real quick. And you can say no comment. I don't really know if you can answer or not. But did you pass up calls for the challenge to stay in like the career side? Yes. 100%. I am beyond impressed with that. Like I had no idea because at least nowadays, like with people that I I've known from the reality world, yeah. like that's not even an option. You get a call. No, like, you're no I,
1: I took, um, I took, um, a six. To, I took, I was out. I was not accepting my calls for about six to seven years.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah. I, I give you so much
0: credit for that.
1: Thank you. But it, that, I just exactly, go back.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, but you wanted to like, like keep challenging yourself you didn't just like immediately just go back like you
1: well i think there's something to be said and like also a note for anyone out there who like dreams of being a reality tv star before doing so build yourself a fucking resume because for me when i first came back from my first show you know and i was bartending and i was a crazy person on the show you know like somebody recognized me when i was serving and it bothered me so much but you know, I was serving someone and, like, on reality TV and there's this big illusion that, like, people on shows are famous and all this other shit when half of them are fucking broke.
0: You're telling me I'm working at the Amazon warehouse. Some oh. girl looked at me. She's like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? You're not normal. I'm like, no, 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 I'm normal. I need a, I need a job. I need a job right now. I kind yeah. of got fucked from my last two things. So I need to be working. Yeah. That's so funny you say that.
1: Yeah.
0: So okay, so you go back to the challenge.
1: Go back to the shows and stuff. And then, you know, I come back. And then, you know, you're faced with a situation where now, like you said, I went and I left for a reality TV show. Now, this was an issue I had to overcome when I left ZocDoc after being the number one rep in four years. People were asking me questions about the real world. And I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with who I am now? Like, are you kidding me? You know, I was like, like, yeah, I was part of the real world. I was like one of fucking 140,000 people picked out of seven. Like, what do you want me to say to you? You know, that was like a life lesson in, in my life. Like, I can't take that back. But then having gone back... You know, and then having come back, it's it's a red flag to a lot of companies. I would call it like that too if I was a manager. I completely understand it. And for a long time, I was embarrassed about it. So, you know, your strength comes in like ownership. You have to take ownership. This is where the whole accountability thing comes in. I love that. Yeah. When I was taking interviews, I was for a little while. I was actually not even bringing up the show. You know, mind you, it's 2020 people. If you're getting interviewed, they're googling you.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, and if you Google me, there's like oh it's crazy stuff. It's you don't really need crazy. any information, like,
0: you just type your name.
1: Yeah. You put you, my name in, like you're gonna see someone like throwing shit, whatever else I'm doing, stupid, you know. If you like, come up
0: from a Google search just by first and last name these days, then there's a lot of stuff on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and like having to overcome that and being a red flag. And, you know, I held myself accountable and I told them like, what was up? I was like, I went back to the show because I wanted to build something for myself. What it was, I had a couple of ideas about, but I wasn't sure how to kind of implement it. But all I knew that in sales, a following doesn't hurt you. Right. No. So, you know, I took that chance to go out there and, you know, do this crazy experience, which by the way, it's a great experience. Like, it's so cool. You know, like it's hard to say no. It's like it being addicted to it, you know?
0: It's, you get you get a ridiculous kind of high, and I'm sure everybody experiences it differently, but yeah. for me, like the two shows that I did were very different, but it was just like a different kind of high that I couldn't really duplicate anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I came back and all that stuff. Um, and then I went, after that, I had a, like, I actually worked for my dad between there because it was the only thing that made sense because. You know, I, I did want to do another show, mostly because it just was my out to, like, make money, but also, like, quote-unquote, like, find myself in a way. Right. You know, like, after all, like, the the beat-ups and stuff, like, that was my way to get back in. So I did X on the Beach is where I met you. Um, and that, that show in particular was the one that, like, really hurt me the most. And that, like, I really look back on and, like, hate the way I behaved, like... You know, like was like I'm done with reality TV because, you know, there's there's edits like people are judging me based on what they see. But like you said, like you were my friend in the house. Like most people were my friend in the house.
0: Oh, I loved you in the house. But even just being in the house with you, I just it's a completely different side that like this side, like the whole sales, a career woman, like the successful badass. Like I had I know we talked like a little bit in the house, but I had no idea. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't really, like, expose... Well, I'm like I'm
1: creative. I also know how to make good television. You're welcome, guys. <laughs>
0: you're, you're, you're extremely... You're amazing at that, Marie. You <laughs> yeah, have well, that on lock.
1: The other thing is, like, even with the challenges, I have a very, very self-deprecating humor. Yeah. You know? So you go in there, and whatever... Like, if I was to ever do a show again, I fucking hope that I don't. You know, just because. Like, I really hope that I fucking don't. But if I was to ever do a show again... um. I would be way more careful about what I said, because when I go there and I like make to people feel,
0: or in like just the in
1: interviews, you know, because okay. when I go in there and I'm just like, oh, like I'm not that good, or like, oh, it's like a joke, you know, to me. Um, right. That's what I'm trying to show, because that's what I'm giving them. And they, put but I'm it... actually a pretty fucking like badass challenger, and they don't really show that ever because I'm not speaking to it ever. Right. It's very easy for me to become the joke of the house when I make myself the joke, but I think that comes to my fear of failure. You know, I'm so afraid of failing that I like to make a joke out of it that way. It's not necessarily, you know, so it's like they're not laughing at me. They're laughing with me. But at the what, end of the day, I, they're the only ones laughing. and I'm the one like upset at home.
0: <laughs> what? Where what does what your fear, like fear of failure like in the challenges or like certain things in life? Because like just like with how successful you are, that's like surprising to me hearing that your fear like you're that's a fear, fear of yours.
1: Well, listen, no matter how successful I've become, well, I mean, this is something that I'm working on, but like, you know, throughout that process, I always thought that like I was the problem and I still think that like I could handle it differently. But now that I'm speaking to you, you know, I do remember like how I felt in those situations and stuff like that. But, you know, I lost you know, I had really, really great jobs and I don't have them anymore. Right. saying and that's and I and I feel like for me, that's me failing myself.
0: Do you wish you would have handled it differently?
1: Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be who I am. Right. Like, and honestly, like for somebody like myself, like you better fucking bet that like you're going to fucking like respect me. And I think that's yeah, where like exactly. that crazy side comes from, like on the shows and stuff where people are so quick to like share their feelings about me or like say something about the way that I acted when in reality, like if you're talking to me, like I'm, a, I'm just a basic ass bitch. Like I'm here, like I can get along with really everyone unless like I'm stuck in a fucking house with a bunch of losers, like no offense to you, but some others-
0: Oh, I'm a loser, okay.
1: No, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like that's not who I am. Like that is a that is a scenario that is not normal.
0: No, not at all. That's what makes great drama. That's why people watch it because well, it's so Yeah, like what What
1: am I going to do? What am I going to do? Go and cry in the corner? No, I'm going to make good TV. I'm going to go call people out and I'm going to go say whatever the fuck I want to say because that's who right. I am. And that's why I'm there. People relate. like if nobody else, like for instance, if you watch the show, if nobody else called the twins mom coming out of the fucking whatever thing, the chest in the downstairs creepy, what kind of fucking show are we putting on? You don't think that there's going to be some viewers out there being like, what the fuck is this? We all no, get you're treated. great at it. Well, we get we all get chosen because we have to bring something different. Like there is, we all get casted because there's a there is a portion of the world out there that agrees with us.
0: Right. Unfortunately,
1: they don't usually have Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like what, when I meet like quote unquote fans and like I like to call them my friends, like in person, like they're the baddest bitches I fucking ever met. You know, like so it kind of makes it worth it when that's when that happens.
0: Wait, I want to ask you one thing. Um, you said. Like coming back from a show, it's tough when, especially with social media and stuff. Especially when you're not secure with yourself. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious: Are you secure with yourself, or are there have you grown to get more secure throughout the years in the shows? Or is there still like an insecurity, in, like an insecurity you have that it's hard for you?
1: Well, I, I I personally think that like if you're not insecure, are you even breathing? You know, like who's not insecure? Right. So like you go out there and you put your yourself on the line. Like I always thought I was like, you know what? Like I'm there's gonna be something from this. You know, like I like I I saw Corey and like he went on to like to do the team on and I'm like, all right, like if I do these challenges and shit, like I'm hilarious. Like I should have a fucking show. You know, I'm yeah. sure like everyone else believes or whatever. Um, so you put yourself out there, but yeah, I'm t- I'm definitely a hundred percent insecure. Um, You know, I wish that I would wake up and put more makeup on and like the comments about your looks and stuff get to you But you have to get to a certain place where it's not necessarily about how secure you are But how you protect yourself? You know, so like not reading the comments that people leave not Mm -hmm. commenting back to the mean comments, you know because that only fuels the fire and that like it's it drains you
0: well, it's very draining and I try to balance it out like where I would only like respond when I wanted to or whatever. But now I just delete them all. Like if I see a bad comment, I don't even like, I just go to the user, block the user, delete. Like if it's a DM block them. Like, I don't like, just like, pro- I like you kind of said, like I protect my energy.
1: Yeah. Which I, I mean, like I have my mishaps, trust me, like every single day. Um, I tweet and delete a lot.
0: Uh, you were but... so, when's the last time you tweeted and deleted
1: I I twinkly every single day, Mark. Like there's a million different (laughs) traps out there. It's not okay. It's not okay. It really isn't. I made a comment actually about the situation that's really serious right now um, with the woman in Central Park and the dog leash. Are you familiar?
0: With the African-American video? Yeah. That was, I saw the video. I
1: saw about like 14 seconds of it. I closed it. And I was basically saying like, both of these people are annoying you know? And like, that's me, like, like not listen. I mean, that's a huge problem in the world right now. And I think if anyone can say that they don't relate to that, like you're a fucking liar. Relate to what? Relate to like, not knowing everything, like not listening in entirety, making, making a quick statement or judgment call off of a very, very small piece of the entire puzzle.
0: Oh, of course.
1: You know, and mix that with my like, my Twitter fingers and, you know, what I think is funny at the time or the second, like, it's not funny. It actually doesn't do a very good job of, you know, showing that I am sentiment, sentimental and like that I do have empathy and I understand the situation to like a smart level.
0: Right. That's why I don't comment about COVID.
1: Yeah. Well, I need to work on that. So.
0: No, but I'm so, are you like, are you like trying to like, get off Twitter a little bit because I, I, I think I've seen you take a couple of Twitter oh my God series. I have,
1: I have deleted and restarted Twitter so many different times I'm why way do you keep be- going back I'm way better off without it the reason why I came back this time is because my little cousin um, Antonio is about to premiere on MTV on the new um, double shot at love. And like, oh, if, okay. if you think I go hard for my my friends, like just see how hard I go for my family. So I was right. I was there to you know help promote him and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like Twitter isn't shit. I should just focus on Instagram regardless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: How now? How's your Instagram? Do you delete a lot of comments?
1: I don't make comments on Instagram really.
0: Oh, okay, so you're good. You don't. You don't. You don't. Well, I mean,
1: I, I used to when like the X on the beach shit was going off because I fucking hated everybody, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I deleted those, too, a year later. So,
0: so what, what's, like, something you're working on now? What's, like, a big thing with you working on?
1: Um, well, I mean, here's the thing. So after X on the Beach, more so, I kind of, like, you know, I think that there's, like, something to be said about having, like, a PTSD after doing shows and stuff.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: I finally, like, you know, picked myself up and was like, you know what? I needed a new fresh start. So I moved out to, you know, Florida. I'm here now. Um, I had a sick job. I was in medical sales devices, selling $200,000 machines that were like ridiculous, um, like cosmetic things. That so I'm selling like de- de- uh, like plastic surgeons, derms, like all these people. Like I love Botox. Like I, I love plastic surgeons and I love dermatology. Like if I get to walk in there every single day and I have a blue check, fuck yeah. <laughs>
0: Like Living the life like,
1: you want to get a facial, you want to get some talks. I'm like, yes, time me up. You know
0: it was perfect for you.
1: It was wonderful. And then, you know, I have been saying for a very, very long time that 2020 was gonna be my year. Mm-hmm. And I apologize to the world because it has very much so been my year. It started off with a bang. I was like at the top of the world, you know, and then the fucking world ends. Like this is this is what I experienced with. But you can I still think- make it the best year. I mean, yeah, it's not over yet. We're, we're, We'll see what happens. You can
0: still kill it this year.
1: I can still kill it this year, and I plan on it. But it's a little bit more difficult right now, considering the times. However, my fortitude is finding the strength to get the fuck back up when I'm down.
0: So, I'm very impressed, Marie. I'm very especially the whole career side.
1: Thanks. Like, I would get into way more detail, but like nobody has the time for
0: that. <laughs> well, no, but I think it's just good, especially for younger or even just any women in the career field like it's like a fine line of like because you have a big strong personality which i think is impressive but it, it it's intimidating yeah. and then if you're a female and then it's just so it's like very something well, so, i can't relate to
1: for all the people out there that are listening that have been on a sales floor before if there are women that survive and they're on the floor guaranteed they're probably better than the majority of the men on the floor i swear to god um, the only reason why they're probably not seeing as many numbers or beating them is because of the territories that they're given. I was just brash enough to get myself in the position to do so, but then also brash enough to get myself in a position to
0: be like, fuck you. So are you, <laughs> are you trying to go back into sales now?
1: Uh, sales is my only thing. Like, I don't know what else I have at this point. It's not like I work out, like my mouth is my only fucking tool. So.
0: <laughs> You're great at that. That's a great tool you have.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. So yeah, so th- that's kind of where I am and, um, you know, I just, I, this all like kind of, it's is just a crazy situation that we're in, but you kind of have to just like pick up, you know, like you said before about losing people and stuff like that. I lost my uncle. And like I said, the other day, like I had this huge breakdown and my dad came up to me and he was like, you know, well, everyone feels like this, you know, everyone's like going through this situation. But for me personally, I felt like this is a situation that I've been going through.
0: Right. You know,
1: I always like, it's always like, I always like do this, like I put myself out there and I always somehow end up like end up back home. in a a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it's something that like I take a little bit differently and that's, you know, to my own. But, you know, my dad, like my dad had a handicap. My dad lost his brother. My dad lost his father at a very young age, you know, like all went through a divorce, all this crazy shit, but like still was able to like brush himself off and keep going. So yeah, you know, I think it's really, really important to like, while you be mindful of your communication and stuff like that, also be mindful of the things that you take for granted. So.
0: Very good. Very nicely said. Thanks. That's okay. Is there anything that you want to add? I do hope you're going to stick around for a little bit so we can do the separate one of the emotions, <laughs> feelings, because I do want to get into that just for like a couple minutes.
1: Yeah, only if you give um, me my break.
0: <laughs> oh, me too. But is so where do we follow you? What what's next for uh, Marie?
1: Um. Honestly, my Twitter handle is Marie underscore TBD, and that's because it's to be determined. You never fucking know. You don't. (laughs) You never fucking know what's going to happen, where you're going to be next, and that's very much my life. Um, Don't follow me there because I'll probably delete it after this.
0: (laughs) My Twitter feed is very boring when you go MIA.
1: Yeah, well, that's got (laughs) to (laughs) end. Like deleting now, deactivating forever. <laughs> um, but my Instagram handle is. Well, the, the problem is, is that it allows me to use my words. I love writing. You know, I love like thinking that I'm hilarious. Unfortunately, not all the time. You know what I'm saying?
0: But I love how you're still tweeting and deleting, as you say.
1: It's so I- bad.
0: It is, but you just get so caught up in the moment.
1: Oh, my God. And then, like, this whole COVID day and having too much time on my hands. Like, get me the fuck it's, off. Like, it's if not I, a good If I tweet, like, once an hour, can one of my friends please give me a call? Do me a favor. Have you ever seen me tweeting, like, more than once an hour? Like, give me a call.
0: and be. going to call you
1: be like go take a take a walk in the
0: park you know i'm gonna like, put, put marine notifications on if i if i get more than like a few in a couple hours i'm just yeah. gonna shoot you a text and yeah be like, we,
1: gotta, we gotta bring these out to like at bring, least go for like a walk three, four hours yeah it's got yeah, twitter
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because that's it's what girlfriends
1: so will do yeah but
0: at least you can own it at least you can own it
1: yeah well I got there's owning it and there's also like owning it like so <laughs> whatever um but yeah, I think that's all I have to say. And my Instagram is M-A-R-8-E, the number eight. Um, I tried to get Moreau or I had that a long time ago because my name is Marie Roda. My friends used to call me Moreau. Um, but then I'm pretty right. sure that it got taken over by somebody else. So I had to go to Marate. Um, and that's uh, basically my story. So if you have any questions, let me know. If you have, if you want any kind of, like, one thing I do really thrive on and love is giving sales advice. In fact, I yeah, did Yeah, she's
0: amazing. Take it from I, me. She's amazing.
1: <laughs> I, like, did this, like, home at like, thing recently where I was, like, the bachelorette and, like, did, like, an online, like, call with someone. I ended up, like, the kid's really hot or whatever. And, like, we talk or whatever. But, like, I literally turned into his, like, coach. So, like, I'm really good at this shit. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Ask my references. Ask Jemmy. Ask Devin like i'm not bad shit crazy
0: just like, don't take I'm up too
1: actually a- really fucking smart that's the oh, she's
0: amazing <laughs> just don't take up too much of her time because i need it for me so <laughs> make sure you save some time for me marie yeah well marie thank you so much um i love you i appreciate you doing this i i really enjoyed hearing it because it's comp- it's not a size you see from tv so it was awesome hearing this side of you.
1: i hope so, so hopefully that gives it. people some more clarity into why like i'm so obnoxious
0: you have a very strong personality and you just made the most out of tv it's just like i really enjoyed today
1: thanks i did too
0: thanks marie
1: all right i will catch you i guess a little while huh have a good one (laughs) bye